Welcome to the Vertex Angle. I'm Robert Cammons. I'm Frank Gilman. We are joined today by Jennifer Johnson, CEO and founder of Calibrate Legal, a management consulting and executive search firm who works primarily with law firms to accelerate their growth largely through superior marketing and business development talent. Jennifer, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for the invitation. I, when we met earlier this spring in February in Florida, which was pre-now, <laughs> pre, pre everything. I really enjoyed getting to know you both, and it's been amazing to keep our conversations going all these months. No, it's great when you find fellow travelers who mm-hmm. uh, share similar worldviews and uh, obviously operate in the same circles. And so it's great when it all comes together. We're just thrilled to have you with us today. And, uh, you know, it's obviously such an interesting time uh, in the talent markets and for personnel management. And uh, one of the things I think as we talked to you and got to know you and learned about your business that was fascinating is that, you know, you smartly chosen to focus on a niche, the niche of talent search uh, and professional marketing services combined. Um, how did you come about? that decision and, and why um, is it such a key space for talent? The decision really was organic. It wasn't intentional. Although any, when people call and ask for advice on business or consulting, should I do this? Should I do this? How did you do it? I would encourage a niche, uh, which I think many marketing and BD people within law firms suggest that lawyers pick something and just do it really well, but it's hard to, to, to do that. So it was organic for me. I worked inside of a law firm for six years doing both marketing and recruiting. And it was interesting. At one point I said, hold on a second. Recruiting is marketing. It's all marketing, right? You're marketing to people to come join your firm or your company. So for me, it really was organic to go down that natural path. I had a career opportunity. I had grew up sort of professionally and in life in Texas. And I had a career opportunity in New York City. Uh, in 2004, and I had the opportunity to run with a marketing recruiting, so helping law firms build marketing departments, and I've just been on that path ever since. So, so you know, given the, uh, as we talked about, right, given the current uh, <laughs> unprecedented circumstances in the world, you know, what are you seeing right now in the marketplace, you know, particularly with regards to a talent search? Well, a couple of things. Number one is you might be surprised to hear that the talent pool is incredibly active. People are open to hearing about new opportunities. I think some people may have an assumption that people want to stay where they are because of the uncertainty, but we have a really active talent pool, and I'm hearing that from other recruiters in different sort of service lines as well. One of the things that is shifting, and I don't think – firms have quite gotten to the place of beginning to figure it out, although I know many are trying, is that work is not any longer a place. It's a thing. And so as we think about going back to the four walls that used to make up work, uh, I think that going forward, law firms are going to have to develop a menu of work meaning work styles. So all in the office, a hybrid, all remote. And then that will lend itself to continuing to keep the people that you want to keep and open you you up to people in different markets from where you are being available for work. We know that there's lots of smart, capable, wonderful people in markets where a lot of law firms are not. And so being able to tap into those 
professionals could be a real opportunity. You, you mentioned that uh, active talent pool, and now people have flexibility. You know, we're doing this all from home. Uh, it's opened up people maybe revisiting their priorities. Do you think there's going to be a war for talent that people are going to be, you know, more demand uh, than ever before? Top performers are going to be uh, targeted. Uh, some firms may reach out to uh, competitors or other people out there in order to upgrade their team, uh, almost as if they're like a general manager of a sports team. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think we're going to see a lot of movement? Well, we've been experiencing that in full throttle for the last couple of years already. It's a good question, and I haven't really thought about it in that lens before. I think that the talent pool is going to be in a position to dictate what, how it is that they would like to work, and the firms who are able to accommodate, as it makes sense for their business, those professionals, they're going to win the, the war, the, the race, right? Um, and there's going to be some firms that don't accommodate, you know, we've talked to some firms who, even though everything is remote today, they still won't consider talking to somebody to join their team unless they're in one of two markets that they serve or whatever it is. And so we're going to continue to see a really tight crunch for talent and the firms who are open to considering professionals from outside that geographic footprint are going to come out on top of that. I mean, you're, if, if you're going to think about accommodating the, your workforce, you're going to be more likely to attract people who want to work there in the long term. So that'll reduce some of the turnover, et cetera. So that's interesting. You know, when you're talking about the different ways of working, you kind of alluded to it a little bit there. I guess I would ask you just to dive a little deeper into that area about FaceTime, you know, marketing in particular is the type of thing where you really have to be fully engaged, or at least I believe you'd have to really fully be engaged with, with uh, the lawyers in the firm. So as the idea of work from home shifts and, and different models come into play, you know, what do you think that, how do you think people are going to be comfortable wise in that? Where, where do you think the, the, the markings go to in terms of as those flow back and forth as firms try to adapt to that? Well, law firms in the past decade or so have been working to have centers of excellence, service centers that are in different markets, right? So Oric was one of the first, right, to go to Wheeling, West Virginia for marketing and, and a number of other things. And since then, many other firms have put these sort of shared service centers in place. So and it was interesting when it started happening, a lot of people said, no, marketing can't go. Marketing has to stay in the offices with the, with the lawyers in order to have those relationships. And I think a lot of that still does ring true. I think that when you are aligned with a practice group or an industry group, that that FaceTime with the lawyers is incredibly important because what you're really doing is having a somewhat personal conversation with each of these individuals about their their business and their livelihood, right? And so that does need to have a foundation of trust in order for it to be successful. Having said that, it used to be that you needed to be on the floor with the lawyers and available when they needed or wanted you. Now, when we've talked to several CMOs over the past couple of months, 
their business development managers, for example, or senior managers, they're really frontlining all of this with the lawyers. And they're all of them, 100% have said for the first time in some instances, but the lawyers are listening. They're asking for help for the first time. They're really going proactively to the marketing team, business development team and saying, do you have a few minutes to sit with me about my plan? Because all of the, so many of the ways that lawyers used to go to market, right, was the, the events, the sponsorships, the lunches, the golf, the things that we don't do anymore. And so some of the most senior, you know, skilled rainmakers have been asking for help. And I think that's a great sign. You know, lawyers asking for help is not a thing in law firms, which is why we have one of the reasons we have mental health issues is that vulnerability just can't come through because it's a sign of weakness, which of course we know is not true, but it's something that's sort of ingrained in in the culture. And so it's awesome that we are seeing that they're asking for help. And I'm not sure that you need to have everybody under the same roof in order for those relationships to, to continue to thrive. I don't, I don't think you do. That's really great that uh, you're seeing, you know, examples of people asking for help. One of the things that I was just impressed with when we met uh, a few months back, uh, you, you were you were sharing this concept that your firm's really focused on about revenue enablers as a branded concept, and I think that that was really uh, powerful to me uh, because too often I think, especially in the law firm environment, staff has been labeled as admin staff or non-lawyers uh, without folks really understanding that these people not only can they help you. They, they can really drive your practice. They can, they can push you forward. So I, I'd love for you to highlight kind of how that came about and why it's so, so important and, uh, um, you know, why, why uh, firms need to be investing right now in such positions uh, when there might be a natural tendency because economic pressure to trim. This is a, a topic that is near and dear to my heart and core to our business at Calibrate. We believe that every person in the law firm ecosystem, if they're operating at their highest and best, every person matters inside of a law firm, whether it's a virtual setting or a four wall setting, every person drives the business without the people who are the pejorative, when you use the pejorative non-lawyers, without them, without your revenue enablers, you don't actually have a business is sustainable. You need to have the people in accounting and the people in marketing and the folks in IT. Those people are just as important, but serve a different purpose to being able to serve your clients. And so this sort of haves and have nots culture is something that is normal in a law firm and I think needs to be frankly deconstructed to a certain extent. Um, high-performing teams have all sorts of people on them that contribute at different layers and levels. And I think that's what we're going to have to see going forward for law firms to be ultimately successful. In terms of the concept itself, what does that mean? It's really this concept of entrepreneurship. So being an owner of your career and yourself in an environment that you're not an owner of, right? So it's taking your position very serious and doing it at its highest and operating at your highest. So a couple of key traits of revenue enablers are you really do take time. You're actively carving out time to think, to think about your role and the value that you can add and to think 
maybe even ahead, a couple of steps ahead of the people that you are either working with or working for. And how can you make a contribution that's really meaningful? You learn, you love to ingest information. One of the problems that we have that plagues law firms, in my opinion, is this navel gazing, right? It's this, we drink our own bath water. We have the best, we have the brightest, the breadth, the depth we have, you know, Ivy league trained lawyers at Detroit prices, you know, it's, it's everybody saying sort of the same thing. And I believe that there's a lack of infusion from the outside, which I call the real world, anything outside of laws, the real world. So there's this need to bring outside concepts from the business, from businesses that have been very successful in their own right and translate them into the law firm setting. How can something that worked for, you know, Netflix or rather uh, Amazon work for us? Well, we can talk about Jeff Bezos's theory on supply chain, right? You can't let the mistakes flow up the supply chain. And that's the same thing if you think of your lawyers as your customers and your supply chain in a marketing department, you've got to make sure that you have everything buttoned up for that total experience. So it's, it's really bringing in a um, student mentality and figuring out how you can do things that will enable the law firm to understand their truthful place in the market, as opposed to the misaligned perspective perceptions of where they often believe that they are. They're not usually one and the same. So it's fascinating to bring that up, right? Because about looking outside and about deconstruction, because it's going to bring up the question that I've been dying to ask you, which is, which is this, right? Because I've seen this in technology too, you know, over the years, you know, we've all been, we've all been around long enough, right? You know, we noticed that the tenure, the average tenure of a marketing professional is typically two, three years, and the talent pool is generally small, right? The same folks, you know, I look at LinkedIn and I see the same kind of names shifting between firms back and forth. So current situations aside, you know, why is there so much turnover, I I suppose? I mean, you talked a little bit about it, so I'd ask you to kind of go a little deeper on that. And, And given the push that we see now for greater diversity in all segments of the business. You know, you talked a little bit about, about broadening the net. You know, what can, what tactical steps can professional service firms do to actually, you know, make that happen? Big question. And I love all the parts of the questions. So let me see if I can dissect it a little bit. So in terms of tenure, we're not off pace with the business, you know, regular business world. Uh, marketing professionals need to believe in whatever their product or service is that they're marketing. And if for whatever reason they don't believe in that, they're going to move on. Uh, and we know that law firm marketing isn't sexy, right? It's not the most cutting edge. And oftentimes the, the services that they're uh, entrusted to do marketing around, they can't even talk about it, right? With confidentiality issues or whatever. So we're not off pace and it's not some sort of anomaly that that people change. A, if they don't believe in it, they're going to leave. And that's any marketing person at any level in any organization. Number two, uh, regime changes. So anytime there's a new managing partner or chief operating officer, or somebody in the management of the firm that is critical 
they often want to do their own thing and put their own mark on. And, and so that many times results in a, a clash or a lack of alignment with their marketing professionals. Um, and, and I would say even in the ranks rank and file of the marketing departments, um, you see that there's individual lawyers and again, it's marketing is very personal. And so there has to be that alignment and appreciation. If people aren't appreciative for the work that they do, they're going to move on. Um, I think that it's kind of different than in other business services lines. Like you see a lot of technology people stay a long time. You see a lot of accounting finance professionals stay a long time. And the nature of the beast in marketing in particular is that there are a lot of different disciplines within a marketing department. You've got PR, you've got internal comms, you've got digital marketing, you've got technology related sort of the below ground infrastructure type Mm -hmm. people, you've got BD people, you've got all kinds of things going on. Um, And so in order to keep iterating and staying relevant, sometimes movement is necessary for that. So I just I don't think that we're again off pace with any other marketing teams across the business world. But I do think that in order to tackle this concept of of greater diversity in law firms, there is a fundamental problem. And that is this the current landscape of all the challenges and the mandates and the pick a law firm website and go look. We're focused on the lawyers. Period. We have this many lawyers, we have this many equity partner women, we have and it's all lawyer lawyer lawyer. There's a handful of law firms that do give a little bit of of content surrounding the staff, but it's literally focused on the lawyers. And to me that is a fundamental problem. It's a culture problem. And as soon as the four walls come back in whatever shape they may may resume in, the workforce that are not the lawyers and not the billable professionals are going to really notice that, especially with the climate, right, with our social issues that are big in this country currently, there are going to be a lot of people who are going to notice that the, there is the haves and the have-nots. And so law firms really, really need to take a very close look at its culture and make sure and take into account all of the human beings, every single human, all the people within the walls, not just the lawyers. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of of important elements there. And a lot of it, you know, things you've talked about today really come down to relationships and to how people interact and respect each other. And collaborate, and I want to pivot a little bit here to the the search side of what you do, right? Because uh, you you understand obviously marketing, and you understand finding the right talent to help firms and business development at, at those firms. But you know, there's a key part of the relationship you have with your clients, and I'd love for you to talk about what makes a great client search uh, partner relationship with the firm and the search firm. Uh, how, how does that uh, influence the hiring process? And uh, tell, tell us key elements of that. Yeah, I love this question. No one's ever asked me this in this way. So thank you. And it made me kind of think about articulating something. 
which I haven't done in this way before, but if you think about the way that a law firm sells its services, it's specialization. It's we know this space really, really well. And that's how law firms in many instances sell themselves. And so we do the same thing right here at Calibrate. We, we know a particular market and several markets actually, but the business services market, we know those players. We've seen a lot. We are embedded. We read the things. We write in the places. We speak in the audiences, right? So we're doing all of the exact same things in this vertical as law firms do in their own practices. And so partnering with whether it's us or another search firm, that's what you need to be looking for is I'm hiring somebody to fill a need of expertise that maybe we don't have. And particularly on the marketing and business development side, you you find a lot of HR and, and staff recruiter types who don't fully understand what it is exactly that a marketing and BD department does because of what I mentioned before. There's so many things within a department, expertise lying within the department. And so working with an agency who's truly embedded will make life easier and faster, right? And so it's paying, you do pay a premium, but it's a partnership. And the ones that work the best are where it is a mutual, like I'm here to serve you and I am happy to receive your services as opposed to a um, adversarial type relationship. Those don't work. But again, if you think about how lawyers, like they don't work well if their clients don't trust them and believe in them and you've hired me to help you with something. That's the best type of relationships. Um, But I think that you have to build those. You have to earn those, of course. And it's it's a journey, right? So Jennifer, you've, you've been so spot on with like advice that firms can do and how they can build and how they can do uh, to get more out of marketing. I guess my question, the one last question I would ask is, is, you know, when you and your team are out in the field, so to speak, you know, you know, what would you say are the biggest misconceptions about talent search that still exists, right? What, what, what do people like just clearly do not understand about what's available to them? Well, I think there's a, uh, many people believe that, you know, oh, you're a headhunter, you know, they're ruthless, you don't care about me. Um, And I would say that's an opposite experience that you would have, particularly at our firm, where we have a, a, not only a client care program that we put into place, but a candidate care program. So anytime we place somebody, we're tracking you. And we're with you and we provide value and insights along your journey with whatever client we place you with. But I think that there's this, it's so funny, the number of people who won't talk to me if I'm at an event, an LMA event or an ALA event or whatever, they won't talk to me because they don't want to be seen talking to the recruiter. And what's funny is particularly us, we have relationships that transcend being a recruiter. We, you know, we, Again, we speak, we write, we teach on all of these various topics. So it's okay if you know me. I'm, and also I'm just a person. Like maybe I'm nice. You could talk to me. But the number of people that refuse to get in a circle of conversation uh, with me because they don't want anybody to think that maybe I'm recruiting them, it's really fascinating. And that's why we don't do tables anywhere. We don't have a table at a conference or anything. 
nobody's going to come and stand and talk to the recruiters, right? In front of their colleagues or, you know, people from other firms. It's a really fascinating thing. That's great. Well, Jennifer, thank you. Thank you so much for these helpful and uh, uh, interesting and important insights. Uh, no doubt uh, our audience will uh, benefit from, from them as well. And I know, you know, we in our own business will uh, benefit from them too. Everything has a huge marketing and business development component. So uh, we want to thank everybody for listening in and to uh, join us next time. Uh, if you want to reach us, you can learn more about us at vertex-advisors.com. Uh, take care, everyone, and be safe.